Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, what's your take? And this time around, I get to ask Paul his take. So Paul, I've been noticing in a couple of recent client interactions that there have been these sort of sweet spaces where for one reason or another, I shared some personal experience, maybe a more personal or a previous failure or things that I wouldn't normally just without thinking throw out at clients probably. And I've just got me thinking about kind of what's, what's the level of sort of personal professionalism in that sort of client space. And I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about this too, uh, because uh, and this is partly because I'm reading a lot of um, Edgar Schein's uh, latest books um, and thinking about this idea of how do we provide help? Um, how do we show up as individuals? Um, how do we treat people as individuals? Um, and so I think a lot of where this notion of professionalism comes from, uh, I think is rooted in a lot of our ideas about Taylorism and scientific management and the idea that, and the mechanistic ways of thinking about organizations. Um, and uh, that it's just the roles that are interacting with each other. And, and the problem is that anytime that you're dealing with something that is messy, um, complex, you know, challenging, that sort of mechanistic approach isn't sufficient. Um, and so uh, what Edgar Schein talks a lot about, and I, I have seen this to be really true, that we have to develop a certain level of trust with each other in order to be able to work together effectively. And that requires seeing each other as actual people, not just roles. And so, yeah, there is that piece of navigating um, how much is appropriate to disclose, like how human do you let yourself be seen in a particular situation? Uh, so I, I'm curious, like what, uh, what are the kinds of things that you've been doing and how have they landed? How have they been received? Yeah, so so one of the things that came up was, so I work a lot with co-housing communities, as you know, and um, so these are folks who not only share some work together, but they actually live together as neighbors. It's been described as being married to 50 people, which it's not quite like being married to 50 people, but you definitely are in closer than usual relationships, um, and, and you live next door to them, so you're kind of invested. <laughs> There's that. So I think there's a level of intensity that comes with that. But I had a client recently say, well, did this ever happen to you when you lived in, you know, like when you were in community and, and saying, well, yeah, it did. And, and honestly, a lot of the sort of professional skills, like a lot of what I know that I can tell to other communities, like this is a pain point or this is a thing that might happen. I learned because I did it all wrong when I moved into community. <laughs> I hadn't done that before. And, and I hadn't done my Imago training when I moved in and various other things. So there were a lot of like things I wouldn't do the same now or things that maybe I would do. Like I learned that that thing did work from being in that situation. And I tried a thing and I'm like, huh, that worked. That's a better way to do it than that other thing that I've tried. 
so it was sort of some storytelling around some of those experiences and and the response was really positive um you know people people liked it i think it felt more real and and i think there's a a way in which what i am suggesting to folks which is fundamentally vulnerable fundamentally like setting aside that competitive survival strategy that we've all learned and grown up with and i'm saying if you want to be in close connected relationship you got to set aside a lot of that and you can't just say you have to do this thing because it's the right way like if you want to change someone's behavior you want to show up and say would you do this thing because i would like you to Mm -hmm. which is a much scarier thing and so there is this sort of okay sure karen but we've never seen that done before (laughs) and so I think, I think there is a way in which sharing the personal stories does land. Mm-hmm. One of the, I think one of the place that professionalism comes from um, is that we, there are times when we feel that in order to be seen as an expert, we need to be somehow removed, like from from the group, right? I ha- I am here, I have this knowledge, we're going to interact in a very formal way. And when we are holding ourselves as an expert, that is often where we create that, that professionalism. Because you think about it, like there are a lot of experts that we interact with in completely formal ways, um, particularly in modern American culture, right? Doctors, lawyers, uh, uh, government officials, uh, like we, we are used to, there is this, it's, I'm interacting with you in, and, and, and in some, in a lot of situations, that's entirely appropriate, um, to, to think about the, uh, one of the examples, uh, that again, that Edgar Schein gives, he says, when you go to the doctor, the doctor is going to ask you all kinds of personal questions. You are not entitled to ask those same questions of the doctor. There's an asymmetry in the relationship. But the thing is that when what what a lot of research has shown is that when we interact in that purely formal way, we will often, um, when we're interacting with experts in that purely formal way, we will sometimes withhold information that could be valuable. And so the, the point is that if your doctor expresses interest in you as a person, you are actually much more likely to be honest with your answers and you're much more likely to actually provide the information that they need. Uh, and so uh, even though it's still not appropriate for you to ask those questions of them, <laughs> but when you're, and so I think for, for us as consultants, when we're working with our clients, we often come into this space where we go, well, I'm the expert. And so I'm being brought here for my knowledge. And so that, and we will fall into that very formal role. Um, and, and the thing is that when we do that for the same, in that same way, people won't always be forthcoming with all of the information that is actually useful. Um, this also ties in again with a lot of Amy Edmondson's research about psychological safety, about how when formal managers, formal leaders in organizations interact with their people as human beings, as whole humans, it builds trust and confidence, which means that people are more likely to speak up when there's a problem. That only happens when we, when we interact as whole humans. And in order to do that, particularly when there's a status differential, which exists both when you're brought in as an outside expert and also when you're in a formal management role, the easiest way to facilitate that happening is for you 
to start to reveal more about yourself, to be vulnerable, to reveal more than just that formal relationship would indicate that you should. So I think it's incredibly valuable for us to do if we actually want to be helpful to the groups and the clients that we're working with. The other thing that comes up for me as you're saying that was something that we learned in teacher school, <clears throat> which is the, the importance of peer teaching because there's this thing that happens. So if I'm the expert that, you know, I'm this highly trained and I have all of this expertise and I am so much better than all of you because I'm such an expert, right? And then I say, well, look, you can do this thing. And the tendency is to go, well, yeah, you can do it because you've had all that training and you're such an expert. Or, you know, if you're talking about kids, it's like, well, yeah, you're a grown up. You can do it. But that doesn't tell me that I can do it. It doesn't empower me to do it. And what is much more empowering is to learn it from a peer. Like, oh, there's somebody like me and they can do it. And, you know, maybe they're a couple of years older if you're a kid or maybe they've had a bit more experience, but they're within reach. I have a sense that they're a peer and then I believe that I can do the thing that they can do. Mm -hmm. And so I think there may be a piece of this that by revealing more of myself and seeming more like them, more like the folks that I'm with, which inevitably I am very much like the folks I'm with, mm -hmm. um, that it probably makes the skills I'm modeling and suggesting seem more attainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and I think that the, um, it, it really is that we're, what happens when we, and I think what's kind of behind your whole question about like what, you know, what what's going on with this professionalism thing is like we're not used to that. It's a it's a breach of of our norms mm -hmm. to move from that formal, uh, that that purely role based interaction to a human to human interaction in a professional setting, right? In a session in a setting where where money is being exchanged, where work is being done, we've been trained. We've been enculturated to believe that we're supposed to only interact in these formal ways. And I think that's where some of that resistance comes from. But it means it can also make it potentially uncomfortable for, for the people that you're now revealing stuff about yourself. Because they might go, well, does, does she want me to tell her about my stuff? Because if they're thinking, you know, more like it, it really. So I think there's a there's a you have to feel your way through it navigating the the appropriate level of disclosure in order to create closer connection is is the real challenge yeah and i think there's a piece too about sort of getting aware of where is that instinct towards professionalism coming from and and in the realm of revealing the personal in a professional environment for me there's certainly a piece of Am I, am I really as good as they think I am? Am I really worth what they're paying me? Am I really, like, do I really have that? And so let me put on my suit jacket and let me put on my role and let me do everything possible so that they don't realize that I'm not as good as they think I am or don't see my weaknesses and reject or don't regret having hired me. Like all of that gets pulled in there. It, and if I think I, if I can sort of note, oh, that's what I'm feeding. Yeah, that that's not don't don't go there. But if I'm feeding, I got to hold it together because it's my job to hold space here. I can't, you know, I can't fall apart because I'm doing my own emotional work on their dime. That's a reason to stay more professional and less personal. Yeah. So I think you're right that it's tracking like what actually works in the situation. Yeah. And, and that pointing to what's behind it, I think is really key. Am I actually doing this because I believe it will serve them? Or am I doing this because 
I need it for myself. Um, and, and that's something that's very resonant for me. When I was going through my coaching certification, uh, one of the things we go through is supervision, which is where you record when you're working with a group and then your supervisor reviews it with you and you go through and see, and they, they ask a lot of questions about like, so why did you do that? What were you thinking about when you did that? One of the big themes that came up in supervision for me was my need to appear competent. And I was telling myself, well, I was doing that because that way the group will have confidence in me. And what I eventually realized was, no, it was because the stories I was telling myself about how I didn't really know this stuff. <laughs> like, I, don't, I didn't want to be found out, right? I don't want them to think I'm a fraud. Um, and as soon as I was able to recognize that, I was able to start letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very resonant for me. <laughs> yeah. And and I feel like for me, there was a balance of like, so I can still wear the suit jacket and I'll just know that I'm wearing it for me, not because they care whether I'm wearing yeah. the suit jacket, right? Like, but yeah. okay, if that helps me feel comfortable and let go of some of this, then okay, I can do that. But also getting used to the idea of, you know, they did hire me. They're not idiots. They had like, th these are smart, professional, capable people who hired me. There must yeah. be a reason. And I have a thing to bring. So yeah, it's, it's the all of that, I think. And I think what we're getting to is a word we use a lot, which is that discernment of that, you know, it's, it's not, don't, it's not always the right thing to bring in your personal stories is what I'm hearing, but it's often the right thing. And that our, our sort of societal brainwashing has been don't. So we want to resist the don't. Yeah. Start small, right? What's a little thing? And what's a th little thing you can get curious about with them that's not threatening, right? Mm -hmm. Not just disclosing your own, but getting curious about what's going on with them. But in a mm -hmm. way that's kind of, if you think about where is the line of, of, of formality, of appropriateness, of professionalism, what's a thing that you can do that is just to the other side of that mm -hmm. to start to nudge it? And same thing with when you're disclosing stuff, when you're being vulnerable, don't jump all the way to your deepest, darkest secrets, right? Start with, what do I think might just be on the other side in this situation? Try it, see what happens, and then you can slowly move it over time. So I think, I think that's, that's really my, my, my take on it is, how can you start to move those boundaries safely and slowly and navigate them in a, in a way that people eventually are comfortable with. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Absolutely. I think that's going to do it for us today. And until next time, I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. And this has been Employing Differences. <laughs>